What's up, guys? Welcome to The Strength Connection. I'm Michael Krakowski, and I'm here to connect you with the top minds in the world of strength to share stories, insights, and experiences to help you become stronger every day. So today, I had the pleasure of speaking with Mike Torres on the podcast. Mike is a team leader and elite instructor with Strong First, and I had the opportunity to meet him when he helped instruct the bodyweight training certification in Seattle a few years ago. Mike has been a student of martial arts since his childhood and holds several black belts in traditional styles and has trained with some of the best in the world in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and currently training at Framework BJJ in Seattle. So I was interested in chatting with Mike on a few specific topics. He put out an article not too long ago with his experience in doing a Built Strong program. It's a specific training protocol developed by Fabio Zonin on building both strength and muscle mass at the same time. And as well as that, we also want to go over the program he's been working with specifically in a perfect conjunction with his martial arts training program. So this was an awesome deep dive into the strength training world, and Mike and I had a blast talking shop on these specific plans. So whether you've heard of these programs before or not, you'll get a ton of value out of hearing from Mike's experience, and it could be a huge help to your training. So you can also follow Mike on IG at Mike Torres HQ, like headquarters. So lastly, if you're enjoying the podcast, please take a moment to subscribe so you can catch all new episodes that I drop every single week. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll see you on the inside. And welcome back. Mike, thanks so much for the time, man. It's great absolutely. to see you. It's been a while. I know. It has been a while. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. I, I remember when I first met you in Seattle, I think it was, it was a few years ago now at the Bodyweight Cert. And I traveled all the way from New York to go to Seattle for the Bodyweight Cert. And I think you asked, like, hey, so where are you from? I was like, oh, I'm from New York. You're like, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, it's so, the Strong First certifications are so great because you end up seeing and meeting people who come from all over the world, right? I mean, sometimes we get people from literally the opposite side of the world from where, where we're actually training. And I think that that's one of the real benefits of the community is you just get to meet all sorts of different people who have traveled from, you know, all sorts of different places and, you know, get great stories out of it too. Yeah. You know, it's funny, my, when I first went to the RKC in 2010, uh, my training partner there was from Brazil. He was one of the first people that uh, traveled internationally to come and he poor guy was from Brazil in the freezing cold of Minnesota he got like the flu like halfway through yeah. the weekend because of just the crazy climate change on it but yeah it is it's uh it's I mean that's why it's an incredible system and it's always great to you know talk to people who have gone through I know you've been in this system for a long time over a decade now you know similar to me and in leadership so um yeah no excited to to talk shop with you and, and get rolling absolutely yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I can give a little bit of my background and, and sort of how I got into this. Um, yeah, that'd be great. You know, um, I'm, I'm currently a, a team leader and elite instructor with Strong First. Um, I think uh, I've been a team leader for three or four years. Uh, I actually started training with an RKC instructor back in January of 2011. And the reason I started is... Uh, it's funny because I, I, I mentioned this to Pavel and uh, it, it, it almost sounds kind of corny, but I, it was because of Tim Ferriss's four hour body book, right? Like I, I read that book and I thought, why am I not trying kettlebells? Why am I not doing this? I had been a gym rat, you know, most of my life. And I realized I just wasn't very inspired by just going to the gym and, and working out um, anymore. And so I, I saw this instructor at the place I was training who moved so well. He was so strong. His name was Min. He was just, um, he was, he was just, his, his movement was incredible. Uh, so I signed up for private lessons with him and that's where it all sort of started. And, you know, I probably spent my first two lessons doing a movement screen and uh, hip hinging against a mirror. So I, I okay. really didn't do a heck of a lot. Uh, you know, I started with a 16 kilo uh, kettlebell, uh, yeah. for swings and, and eventually moved to pressing that. And, uh, so that's sort of how it all got started. Um, okay. and, uh, uh, I ended up certifying, I think in 2015 mm -hmm. and then, you know, really quickly getting all of the certs just because I was so enamored and just bought into the system. It's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. Everybody in, uh, especially in leadership has that first kettlebell story when they're playing around with like a 12 K or a 16 K. And then you see them now through social medias and stuff. And you see them lifting crazy weights and stuff like that. It's like, no, everybody started with the lightweight tearing their hands with the 12 K or the 16 K that's right. Working with. Yes. So yeah, uh, I actually, I actually have a, a, a physical print journal, like a, you know, a handwritten journal from that time. And, uh, 
I picked it up just a couple months ago and I saw 16 kilogram swings and 16 kilogram presses in like in sets of three. So I wasn't, I mean, you're talking, you know, really, really, I mean, and I had, I, I had been weightlifting and training for a long time and, and, uh, but it, 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 the kettlebell has a way of humbling you pretty quickly, especially when you're trying to do it right. What was it about kind of the kettlebell system? I know you met the guy, men and his movements, you know, graceful, just look like a movement. And I know I kind of saw the same thing. I was, always enamored early with some of the dragon door videos and people just like the way that they were moving. I was like, this just looks so effortless lifting weight on it. And I came from like a background of baseball where everything is like just that great. You see somebody with a beautiful swing and you're like, okay, you try and mimic that and just copy that. And it was the same type of thing. So what was it about the kind of the kettlebell work that you did that you saw such a, a huge benefit from that you started just going to certification after certification? Yeah, you know, I'm a I'm a lifelong martial artist. I started doing martial arts um, in 1984, so I was eight years old. Um, you know, maybe it was around my ninth birthday. I think it was around September. The Karate Kid had just come out, and I, you know, I was just I was hooked. I wanted to I wanted to do martial arts. So I have since done everything from like Taekwondo and Hapkido, which I did all through um, grade school and into college, and Kung Fu, Kung Fu, Muay Thai. Uh, Jeet Kune Do, Kali, uh, and uh, Krav Maga, and now doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. But that the 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 way that martial arts are structured, the belt system, the way that um, uh, you know the code, uh, and the way that you approach training for martial arts was the thing that I saw immediately in the Strong First system, mm. and, and the way Pavel teaches, and the way that the way that the the organization is run, mm -hmm. and so I, it, it very quickly became a second, it became second nature to me. I was, it was both the ability to get strong, of course. And, but it was the core principles, the fundamentals, you know, really making it a practice and really focusing on strength as a practice and not just trying to get smoked, not just trying to have a workout and, and you know, break a sweat. It was really about getting better at something and then having levels in which you can actually progress through. So, you know, Pavel's programs are always set up where you end up having sort of the step one, step two, step three. And then once you pass this point, you get to that. And that just, once I started really diving into his books and really understanding the way that, you know, the, the strong first methodology works, uh, it just, it just felt very much like martial arts to me. And I loved that. Um, and, you know, and I had first heard about Pavel, I would say in the nineties, I would say probably the mid nineties, I was a big muscle media 2000 okay. reader back in the day. So <laughs> Um, you know, I was big into muscle media. Uh, I used to see Pavel's ads and Dragon Door ads uh, in, in magazines. And so I've always been sort of, huh, that's interesting. What's going on there? But it really wasn't until I started uh, training and, uh, and working with the system that I was like, okay, this is, this is it. This is for me. Did you do any strength and conditioning based work like growing up, like while you were into other martial arts, like were you into kind of the sets and reps type stuff of kind of like the tra traditional type of kind of workouts before? Oh, for sure. For sure. So, I mean, you know, because of my martial arts background, I also played baseball um, mm -hmm. for, uh, you know, throughout, uh, throughout school. Uh, and we were New Jersey state champs in 1993 is a long time ago. Um, okay. And um and also played football in it. And because of the sport focus, especially in, in New Jersey, there's a big sort of focus on, on baseball. Um, our football team was okay, but, but the football, you know, the approach obviously is a bunch of weight, weightlifting and weight training in the off season. So I ended up getting into strength training, I would say 13, 14, 15 years mm -hmm. old. Uh, and I really never stopped, but the way that I approached it was very much, especially and this is in the nineties, right. And into the early two thousands was very much a traditional bro science, you know, um, bodybuilding approach. And so I've, I, I've, I've done it all. I've done the Marky Mark workout v VHS tape, right. I, I've, I've played that over and over. I mean, I haven't done it recently, but I have used that. Um, I have, uh, I've done, you know, all sorts of, um, you know, any book that came out between 1996 and, you know, 2010, um, right. I pretty much, I bought, I own, I did the system. I did, did the workouts. I did the training. Um, body for life was a big, um, uh, a thing for me back in the day. Right. Cause Bill Phillips, Bill with Phillips, yep. also media. Yeah. So I did body for life for a period of time. Yeah. Uh, so I, I have always been in and around a gym, but I, you know, honestly, I, I, I didn't have the, 
I don't know what the word is, but the humility, I guess, to have a coach. There's an element of, I know what I'm doing. I've been doing this for a long time. Why should I hire somebody? And it really wasn't until I hired Min in 2011, um, who was an RKC at the time. Uh, it really wasn't until I hired him that I had ever had a coach. So it was the first time that I was being shown how to really move. That's so interesting to hear because you'd think you probably had masters and instructors in martial arts all the time growing up. Correct, correct. So, but it is, it's funny sometimes with the, the fitness world, it's like we, there's almost this ingrained thing, like we should just know what to do. Like you just go into the gym and you're just supposed to have this, like you should just have this down. And everybody, I've talked to so many people have said the same thing. Like it was finally until I actually got some structure and got a coach and then just everything just starts taking off after that. No, that's exactly right. I mean, I think there's also an element of that, that kind of New Jersey vibe too. I mean, I love New Jersey. I spent a lot of time in New Jersey, but there's an element of you're supposed to be at home in a gold's gym, right? right. And uh, if you don't know how to use this stuff, your, your buddy will show you. And mm -hmm. the, the, it's all instinctual training and just kind of trying to figure out what to do, you know, three sets of 10, three sets of 12, move on to the next mm -hmm. thing. And, um, and so I, I was always hesitant to hire a coach. And I think it was it was also because I didn't really, you know, when you go to a 24 hour fitness, you go to a big box gym, you're not immediately impressed, um, you know, by, by, by the certifications that those coaches have necessarily and the way that they're kind of walking around with a clipboard, um, monitoring people's reps and sets and reps at the time, I, you know, coaching and, and training has evolved so much in the last 15 years or so. But I just found that back then it was just sort of like, it was, there was a stigma around hiring a personal trainer, you yeah. know? So I just never bothered. No, that, I mean, that's an interesting point. It's, well, I think that's one of the reasons why Strong First has stayed so successful for so long is because, I mean, we have to go through quite a bit of stuff to get certified in this program, you know, where in there's still ways that you can go and you can get a weekend certification and call yourself a personal trainer after that, where oh, yeah. in, martial, in martial arts, I think you'd probably be called out pretty quickly, you know, on, I'm sure there's not some great martial arts places, but you have to have some sort of competence to open up a place and actually teach other people a skill of martial arts. But in fitness, yes, it is definitely different. So, um, yeah, finding that right coach at the right moment, it's, you know, it's just so vital and so important. It makes a big difference. What, what was the first uh, martial arts that you got into when you were a kid? I started with Taekwondo. So it was a very traditional, they called it Korean karate at the time because of the popularity of the karate kid. And uh, so Korean karate was everywhere. I mean, it was, it was Taekwondo. Um, and Taekwondo, I, I believe, was uh, sort of certified and, and sort of founded in the 50s uh, around that time frame. It's, uh, you know, it's been an Olympic sport and um, it was very kick, kick focused and sort of athletic athleticism. Like you really needed to have um, flexibility. You needed to do high kicks and spinning kicks and not a heck of a lot of self-defense. Um, definitely nothing like MMA is today. So I spent a lot of time perfecting kicks, which... Um, to be, to be completely honest, I should have been focused on other things, but again, you know, hindsight's 2020, you don't know that when you're a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but, uh, but I still have some of those kicks. They can still be used. Okay. <laughs> Amazing how the body doesn't forget. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't, you know, I don't train Taekwondo anymore. So I, Taekwondo and Hapkido, the Korean, Korean martial arts were, were really the, the, my kind of entryway into martial arts. Okay. And now you most, I mean, cause you do a lot in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu now that's like the main modality that you do. Yeah, so I, I similar I have a similar story with jujitsu, which is um, I was first introduced to jujitsu in the '90s, and you know I think anyone who grew up around that time remembers the UFC and where they were, right? And maybe not the first one, but certainly one of the first few. Uh, and I know exactly where I was when I watched the first UFC, and and I remember being absolutely shocked and surprised that Hoist Gracie won. And, you know, given his size, given his stature, um, he was wearing a gi, none of it made sense to me. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, well, of course, the Taekwondo guy is going to win, right? Because that's just, you know, <laughs> just what you know. Yeah. <laughs> we can kick really hard. Um, so when Hoist Gracie won, you know, I think a lot of people and you, you, there's so many stories out there mm -hmm. about this, but a lot of people's whole worldview had to change or didn't, right? Some people just are still denying it. Um, and so in the late 90, mid to late 90s, I started kind of dabbling in jujitsu. Um, there wasn't a lot. I mean, you're talking a dozen black belts in the in the US. Okay. I mean, and so like the best you could find was if you were lucky, a blue belt who moved to your area. 
and so there just wasn't a lot of jujitsu around Brazilian jujitsu. And so I, um, I was lucky, uh, at Cornell, I went to Cornell. I was lucky that I had a, a martial arts club. And so a few people had experimented with jujitsu. So we were able to play around a little bit at that time. Um, but it wasn't until I moved to LA and this was in 1999, 2000, where okay. uh, I started training with the Machados. I, I started, um, really kind of exploring jujitsu mm -hmm. and then I moved to Seattle. And when you move, you know, again, this was early two thousands, there was nothing here. I mean, truthfully, mm -hmm. there was just, I, my only option was to, you know, train out of my garage and I just didn't know enough to be able mm -hmm. to do it. So I sort of ended up doing other uh, martial arts for, for a while during that time, just because I didn't have a, a place to train in a community mm -hmm. to train with. Uh, and it wasn't until about five years ago that, uh, that I really found that. And so I sort of, my, my jujitsu journey is like, uh, you know, a, a very early start and a very long um, <laughs> valley. Uh, and okay. so for the last five years, I've been training super hard. Mm -hmm. uh, and I train now with um, Professor Drew Vogel, who uh, is at Framework BJJ. Mm -hmm. uh, he's um, in the Helsin Gracie lineage. And mm -hmm. he is just, he's a great guy, great friend, great coach. Uh, and we just have, we just have a blast. And, and it's sort of, once I found that community, it's something I can't let go of, right? It's just like, mm -hmm. it's, it's my happy place. Yeah. It's interesting because I've I've talked to a lot of instructors and people who have been in the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world. And first, the Gracie family just seems like the most interesting family in the world. Somebody needs to put out a full documentary on that whole family in there. But it's uh, what what is it about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu that's just so it's it's almost seems like on the fitness side, you see people who get into the kettlebell world and strong for and they just stay there. It's like I want to I want to just get all this information in here. It seems like in martial arts, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is that discipline that you get into. Did you find the same thing? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I think of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as it attracts people who like to solve puzzles. Right. And hmm who who like to dive deep into details and when you look at it on the surface it might look i mean if you don't know what you're looking at it might look like two people just you know wrestling and trying to get the better of one another but what you, you know once you once you start knowing what to look for you start seeing moments of leverage moments of uh you know, relaxation, you see moments of tension, you see moments of, you know, someone planning two moves ahead when, you know, they're thinking about, oh, well, this person's, I'm going to set this up so that three moves from now, I can, I can pull this off. And when you start really understanding the depth of jujitsu, it's a lifelong practice. It really is. And I mean, I'm only really, I would say five years into it, maybe six, six years, if you count some of my previous experience, but um, it is a very deep practice and you can talk to people who've been training for 20, 30 years who are still learning and still discovering things on their own. And still, you know, the, the, the incredible thing about it is it's continued to evolve through competition. Um, you know, the, the, the way that people have approached jujitsu, the different systems that they're using, the way it's being packaged, the way it's being taught, the way it's, you know, um, the counters to the counters to the counters, it can just go on forever. Okay. Um, and at the same time, there is such a depth to the fundamentals. Mm -hmm. And if you look at what somebody like Hicks and Gracie, the way that he teaches and the way that he moves, there's so much detail in every single thing he teaches that you can just work on one technique for six months because of the detail. Really? That, wow. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, you're, you're learning that you're learning the technique, but you're also learning how to apply it against a variety of different body types, a variety of different approaches. You know, somebody might be um, uh, pushing harder in this way or pushing or pulling harder in that way. Or mm -hmm. what do you do when somebody does? So like, there's so many variants and ways to think about it. But there are these fundamental principles that kind of span gi jiu-jitsu, no gi jiu-jitsu, self-defense jiu-jitsu, MMA. And so the more it, it's a never ending journey of discovery and curiosity. And to me, like it is just it, it really clicked for me. Uh, a few years ago where I was just like, I'm going to be doing this forever. Like I'm yeah. never going to learn any of you know, I'm not going to learn all of this ever. And I'm never going to master it. And you know, uh, that's great. <laughs> like, right. That's people, you know? And so I do think it is really similar to the strong first system in that way of really, really focused on the details, right. And getting them right. It's a practice and you're just constantly trying to get better every day. Right. It is. It's well, it's like physical chess in a way. It's it is. Like that's really interesting. It's because it's, it is like looking at some things with 
with physical training, like we look at fitness of, it's just the physical body and stuff. But when you actually have that other side of the brain, that, that mental side of it, that's really engaged. It's like, you know, where I told you beforehand, you wrote an article a few years ago about, uh, you know, perfecting your press. I think it was seven tips to perfect your press, which if you haven't read that, anybody listening, go back and listen. It's from, I think, 2019, but just working on that one piece of getting comfortable with the kettlebell in the clean position, kind of working on the clean, then going down into a squat and doing that with a heavier weight, all of a sudden it carries over into the work with pressing. So it's like, it's that, it's really that development of mastery that what we're looking exactly. at. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like the combination of, the, it is, I'm, I keep saying I'm, I'm like nervous to get into Brazilian jiu-jitsu because I know my personality and I know I'm going to be addicted right away. <laughs> it's just going to take over everything in my time frame. but I'm sure, uh, you know, we'll get on another point. It'd be like, yep, I just started. So, yeah, well, you know, I mean, the thing, the thing with jiu-jitsu that's also, there's a, there's, there's an element to it as well, which is I've never felt flow. Like I feel in jiu-jitsu because you can't think about anything else other than what's in front of you for the duration of that round, right? So if you're rolling for six minutes, you're rolling for eight minutes, you are in a complete state of flow, whether you want to be or not. Like you, you don't have an option because if you're not, if you're not flowing at some level, um, you know, uh, you, you, things have to be much more instinctual, right? So obviously at the beginning, you're still learning, you're probably struggling, but the more you, you kind of think you more, the, the more it becomes second nature, right? The more flow state you start getting. And then once you start getting that flow state, it's like, wow, I want more of that. Like, I just, I love that idea of just being disconnected. But the other thing that I've found in jujitsu is when you're rolling with people, their personality comes through and that Bruce Lee had this saying, and I'm going to totally, you know, butcher the saying, but it, it was something along the lines of, you don't really know somebody until you fight them. Mm -hmm. And, um, there is, I have found that to be entirely true on the mats. Cause what happens is you meet someone and then once you start rolling with them, their real personality starts to show, right? So if they're, if they're, um, a little bit more, um, reserved or they're a little bit more risk averse, or they like to take risks or, you know, they kind of like to hurt people, right? Like all of these things come through in the first couple of minutes of rolling with somebody. Uh, and you can, you know, you can almost tell how a person is, uh, through their, the way that they do jujitsu. And that's a very weird thing to say, but it, but I have found it to be pretty, pretty spot on. And that, not in all cases, but I, I would say 85 to 90% of cases, right. people's personalities come through. It's really so, cool. Huh? So it's kind of like your natural instincts when you know that you're under some threat, all of a sudden, just the, some natural things start coming up, whether you pull back a little bit or you Step, yeah. I th think, I think Mike Tyson said that about boxing. It's like, you didn't, you didn't know somebody really until they got hit and you don't like, all of a sudden it's like, you're either a person who's stepping back or you're a person that's going right all in. And he's like, I knew I was a, I knew I was a fighter when I got hit the first time, because then it's just, you're going all in. Yeah, that is, I, that is a classic quote. And, and I, um, I, I agree with that too. I think that's, that's sort of like, how do you, how do you perform under pressure? Right. Some people, mm -hmm. some people, uh, their game, their game gets a little bit more refined, better. They get stronger. They get, you know, more, more, um, uh, just sort of more dialed in. And then some people fall, you know, break, break down and can't handle disappointment and can't handle, um, you know, uh, tapping. And so like jujitsu, you tap all the time. It's just the way it is. Right. So it really teaches you in many ways, that it teaches your ego every single day. Like it's coaching your ego along, right? It's just, you know, you, you think you're really good. There's always somebody better. Um, you could have a good day. Tomorrow's going to be a bad day. Like it's just, a, right. you know, it's just this natural cycle, um, which is, which is just super fun. It's interesting. You said that about the flow state of getting into it, because I've, I've talked with, I remember when I talked with uh, Sifu Harinder Singh about flow state and um, you know, with his martial arts background and we're talking about it of getting into things like kettlebell training, where it's a very, it's kind of like in, in the fitness world, it's almost a similar discipline because it's really hard to do kind of kettlebell complexes in the ways that we teach things through strong first. If you're distracted from, you know, music or TV or anything like you need to be in that zone of yeah. you know, working in. Oh, yeah. So have you found that kind of with your kettlebell training too, of like kind of that same state? that you can get into from what you've done with. Yeah, absolutely. It takes me a little bit longer with kettlebells only because mm -hmm. I, I kind of, you kind of have to work into it a little bit more. Uh, it doesn't happen immediately in jujitsu. I'm, you know, within the first minute, you're just sort of, you're in it. Cause you're, you have to be. Um, but I do, I've definitely found that with kettlebell. I never, 
I never have, you know, a TV on, or I'm never listening to a podcast when I'm actually doing conditioning sets. If I'm doing anything ballistics, anything swings, snatches, cleans, um, you know, strength aerobics, uh, mm-hmm. any of those things, I cannot, I can't pay attention to anything else. I mean, I'm just, I'm focused on the thing I'm doing and that's it. I will listen to music, but it's usually music I've heard before. Right. Um, and that's, that's the extent of it. I mean, I think even doing Turkish get-ups, uh, there are times when I'll just put, I'll put classical music on and I'll turn the lights down and I'll just do meditative get-ups. And it's, again, it's like you're, you're in a bit of a flow state, just, just moving your body through space and they, they could still be hard, right? They could still be heavy. Um, but there's something really unique about that as opposed to just going to the gym and, you know, doing bicep curls. There's something really unique about, about being able to do it that way. I'm so happy you said that because I've done the same thing with different music as well as I've put on like some chill mixes or some really calm music while doing strength aerobics work. You know, I've done a lot of work with Brett over the last you know year with strength aerobics now called iron cardio, whatever you want to call it, you know, from there, but kind of playing around with different things of going in silence or listening to light music or putting on something that has a little bit more of like a heavy beat. And actually it's, it's different how you do kind of tap into it in different ways, but I found putting on something like a classical or kind of like some light instrumental music yeah. actually allows you to get into that flow state a little bit in training. So I'm glad that you brought that up and you've explored that too. Cause I think that's something that more people should work with in their training. You don't need to be just blasting heavy metal or the rap music and stuff all the time. Like if you go into something soft, it's interesting. You can kind of get into that flow state. Yeah. I think it depends on what you're doing. I mean, when I was doing build strong, which we can talk about, but you know, I was yeah. doing a lot of barbell work. Um, I was listening to rap music the entire time. It was yeah. just, it was, it was very different, right? I was, I was, I wanted something with a lot of bass and I wanted something to kind of, uh, uh, to sing along to really. Um, but when I'm doing Turkish get-ups or I'm doing sometimes swings, I like movie soundtracks. I actually really enjoy, um, you know, instrumental movie soundtracks, things like Hans Zimmer. Uh, and, uh, I just love that stuff. And so okay. I, you know, it's, it's inspiring too. You kind of feel like you're in a movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of Built Strong, I did want to get into that because I know you did a kind of test program with Fabio on the Built Strong program when kind of this whole pandemic thing first happened. And you got some pretty crazy results from it, from what I remember reading in your article. Yes. Can you yes. explain a little bit about that program? Like what inspired you to get into it and kind of your experience going through it? Yeah, sure. So when I when the pandemic, uh, you know, first first happened, uh, you know, really things started shutting down in March of 2020. Um, my Brazilian Jiu Jitsu school shut down, and it's something I never would have expected to happen, right? I just I, I I thought, well, maybe I'll get injured and have some time off the mats, but I never expected months of not being able to train Jiu Jitsu. So I I immediately I tend to be somebody who I just can't sit still. So I didn't want to just I'm not I'm not just gonna you know. Um, just watch Netflix. I want to do something with this time. I want to use the take the best advantage of this time. So I ended up doing Kettlebell Strong by Jeff Newport, which was fantastic. Loved it. Very hard. Um, I really enjoyed it. And as I was coming to the end of the Kettlebell Strong, the 12 weeks of Kettlebell Strong, I ended up reaching out to Fabio and I hadn't spent much time with Fabio, but obviously, you know, we had crossed paths um, primarily over email and I reached out to him and just said, Hey, I would love to do Built Strong. I've heard, heard about it. You know, the, I've seen it. I've seen, I've seen it mentioned in a few places. I would love to put me on some experimental program and let's go. Um, and, and he did. And so, um, you know, so Built Strong for people who don't know is the way Fabio describes it is it's a return to the golden era of physical culture, right? So like, that's when people were as strong as they looked. The idea of Built Strong is it's a hypertrophy program, but it's also with a, a secondary benefit of strength training, right? So you're actually getting stronger while building muscle. Um, also not something I could normally do when I'm training jujitsu. Um, I don't have, I didn't have enough time to, to, to train as hard as I did with the build strong program. Um, I didn't have time even to eat enough. Um, like you really, it's one of those, it's sort of bodybuilding, right? you actually need to eat a lot, um, to be able to, uh, to sustain the kind of output that I was, that I was focused on at this time. Um, and so, you know, build strong is really around training movement patterns, you know, over muscles, right. It's really about making sure that you get the hip hinge and the squat and the press and the pull and the vertical press and the vertical pull down pat. Um, uh, it's sort of structured in this multi-frequency approach, uh, which instead of focusing on body parts, right, each muscle group is, is trained, um, 
uh, more often, right? So you're you're focused on perfect technique, but varied intensity and volume, similar to, to the plan strong methodology. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you always have reps in the tank, so you're never going to failure. You're never pushing as hard as you as you can. It's not mm-hmm. traditional bodybuilding in that way. It's really around if I can get more volume in over the course of a week, a month, six months, I'm going to make more progress. So how can I push it to the point where I'm, you know, stimulating growth? but I'm not fatiguing myself where I'm mm-hmm. super sore the next day and can't train. So Absolutely. that to me, it was, it was immediately, I was immediately fascinated by mm-hmm. it. Fabio sent me a plan um, and he said, here's a high volume plan and a low volume plan, pick the one you want to do. And, you know, of course I, I was like, well, you know, I'm going to do the high volume. Like, well, what else would I do? Alpha. So, yeah. <laughs> of course. So I picked the high volume plan and, um, and it was, it was four days a week, uh, but the, the training and the training sessions were anywhere from about 50 minutes to sometimes two hours and 20 minutes. They just, they were long, like they went, they went a while, right? So yeah. I was waking up early. Luckily, I didn't have to commute to work. We were all working from home mm-hmm. um, and uh, didn't even have to drop my kids off at school because they were at home. Okay. So like, we just, I just had a lot more extra time in the mornings to do this. And so um uh, but it was the way it was structured was, was fascinating. We picked six exercises. We did the bridge floor press, the penley row, the barbell back squat, the pull up, the barbell deadlift and the kettlebell military press, single kettlebell military press. Mm-hmm. And Fabio's, um, methodology kind of groups the, you know, groups, uh, two of those exercises together. So you end up with basically three sets of, mm-hmm. of, of three blocks, I'll call them. Uh, of, of exercises. Uh, and then it varies which of the, you're going to do them all every, every time you train. So three or four times a week, you're going to do all of those movements, wave the intensity and the volume throughout the entire eight weeks. So it's sort of hard to explain, but it is, uh, you know, anyone who's done plan stronger understands, um, plan strong, it's very similar to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the rep ranges are a little higher. Um, and then there's some, there's some accessory work that's also sort of built in uh, mm-hmm. as well, again, because of the sort of bodybuilding focus. And yeah, I had some great results with it. I mean, my barbell deadlift went up 20 pounds, uh, which was had already gone up 20 pounds from kettlebell strong, having not barbell deadlifted. Wow. Um, yeah. So my barbell deadlift went up 40 total pounds over the course of kettlebell strong and build strong. Um, uh, my weighted pull-up went from 55 pounds to 70 pounds. Um, uh, my, my bridge floor press went up as well. And my pen labor went, went way up. I think it went up uh, from 225 to 285 or something like that. So, um, but that, but the strength gains weren't even the point, right? The point was for me to just put on mass. Right. And I was, when I started, when I started built strong, trying to remember the exact numbers, um, I think I had gained about 16 pounds from kettlebell strong because it was, I was on this journey of hypertrophy. Um, but I, by the time I finished build strong, I think I was up a total of about 20, 21 pounds, um, wow. and felt just uh, almost too big. Um, okay. you know, <laughs> like I actually felt like, Oh, this is what I felt like in college. Right. I was sort of, right. I went from, uh, about 170, 169, 170 to about 190. Um, okay. and it was just a little, it was a little too heavy, um, but I, it was a great experiment. Super fun. Loved the training, um, and and Build Strong also has templates that you can do in less time. So you can do a, a, a instead of doing six six movements, you can do three. Um, so and then I, I I ended up taking the course with with Fabio as well and learning learning how to do it and programming it for others, and that's been fun too. This is such an interesting program because one of the debates that a lot of people have had around kettlebell training or even the strong first methods was that, yeah, you'll get stronger, but is it going to put on size for you? Is it going to put on mass? And that was, I talked with Fabio a while ago when he was first really putting this program together. And I was like, okay, this could be really, and Fabio, he's probably the most humble guy I've ever talked to, you know, I mean, he's so smart with programming in this. So it's so cool to hear people have gone through this program and seeing the results from it. So yes, you can get stronger and you can absolutely at the same time. Yeah. Like if you put this time in, so I think this is an interesting program from the, How well, and you- the, the coolest part about it though, I will say is I was never sore. The only time I was sore was after, I think it was uh, the peak week. Week six was a peak week. And after the squat day, I was a little bit sore the next day. That was it. I mean, I didn't have any delayed onset muscle soreness. I, 
I mean, I had to sleep a little bit longer. I, I was, I, I ended up taking a nap a few times, which I normally don't do, but you know, I sort of, especially on the heavy deadlift days, right. um, the CNS just kind of cocks and I was, <laughs> I was done at like three o'clock yeah. uh, in the afternoon, but, and the, the way that the system uh, and the methodology works uh, because it's all percentage based and it's meant to keep you within a, you know, a certain um, percentage of, of your one rep max. Yep. I never missed a single lift. I mean, I never got to a point where I, I thought, Oh, it says eight, but I only got six. I, uh, I hit yep. every single, I hit every single lift for the entire time. Um, mm-hmm. And that to me is just like, uh, credit to Fabio for, for the program, uh, and the way that the, the program works, uh, to make sure that people can, can actually, you, you can accommodate, you know, people where they are. Yeah. And it's so interesting how you can build mass without getting that soreness. You know, some people's probably heads are going freaking spinning right now. Just <laughs> thinking of this as a debate. No, it is possible from there. If you do Absolutely. the right program with new, did you do anything different nutritionally? I know you said you were eating a lot more. Did you follow a specific plan or were you just crushing down the calories? I just, I, I just ate more. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I generally eat pretty quote unquote clean. Uh, yeah. I've sort of been, uh, I'll call it paleo for, for a long time. Um, you know, real, real foods, not a lot of processed foods. Um, I did up my protein. Uh, I ended up having more, I had a, an afternoon, um, protein shake, uh, mm-hmm. also with some additional carbs. Um, but you know, it was, it was, it, I wasn't eating abnormal, an abnormal amount, right. I sort of added, I think I added maybe one, I stopped intermittent fasting. I had been intermittent fasting up until that point. And I just thought, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to eat more and see how it goes. Okay, um, yep. So I, I added a meal in the morning, a, a small meal in the morning. And then I added a meal, uh, sort of a, a snack protein shake between lunch and dinner. Okay. And again, it kind of felt, it felt like the old days of, of kind mm-hmm. of bodybuilding approach. Yeah. Now you said this was a time when, I mean, cause you weren't doing mat work, you know, for a while. So you had some extra time on this. Like, was it just the time that like, if you were going to go back and do this again, like, would this be a program that you could do you think in conjunction with jujitsu or I have to scale it way back. It, probably just I mean, scale it, back. I, it was, it was the time investment for sure, but there was an element of, um, it was just a lot of volume. It was a lot yeah. of volume. I mean, the, and it was designed to be a lot of volume. And so doing that level of, you know, barbell deadlift volume or back squat volume, um, I have found, I mean, I'm 45 years old. So I, I, you, you know, look not, like you're 30, dude. I just got to tell you, man. So it's like, you. whatever you're doing, just keep that rolling. Yeah. I think I, uh, I just have a good camera. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I, uh, I, I'm not 25 anymore. So <laughs> the ability to, crush it in, you know, in the gym on Monday and then do eight rounds of jujitsu rolling on Tuesday. Like it's just not, it's, it's just not going to work. I mean, the level of recovery that I need, the level of sleep that I need uh, just in order to be able to do that would, it, 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 you know, it's, it has to be consistent. And so I generally have found that I need to do minimum effective dose strength training uh, and uh, with jujitsu, just because, um, you know, I need to, I need to focus. I need, again, I need bang for the buck. I need to focus on the things that are going to have the highest, um, highest returns, so to speak. Yeah. It's, I, you know, I know the one time for a while I was doing boxing work and the, the work that that does just on the shoulders and not just hitting, exactly. I, would go in, I would go into the volume work for, especially kettlebells, which is a lot of press work, a lot of overhead. It was just so taxing. It was just so different. So I found get-ups really worked well, but doing anything that revolved that involves like pressing or just like motion of going over the shoulder, all of a sudden you're like, yeah, you need to really change this up. So I think it's, it's such a good point too. Like what, you know, if jujitsu or fighting is your main focus, like you can move, you can map your program around that specifically for, you don't need to go ham and go crazy on everything in there and just, you know, crush it out. You got to just probably change your volume up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think Bill Strong, uh, a, a lower volume um, version of Bill Strong could totally work. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's really because of the way it's structured, I think it could, uh, because you can structure it to be lower volume, you can structure it to do fewer movement patterns. Um, I have found in general, and we can you know talk about sort of some of the jujitsu focused strength yeah. training. I think the, what I have found is, is um, ballistics are great. They're just great for, mm-hmm. for jujitsu. Uh, you know, the hip extension, you end up getting uh, the explosiveness, you end up getting, you know, quote unquote, hips and grips, right? Which is what jujitsu is all about. Okay. So <laughs> ballistics, kettlebell ballistics. I find there's just so much transferability and so much transfer over to jujitsu. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cause I know now you're doing more of a program that is kind of specifically for the fighting and jujitsu that you're working with, which is, I don't know if it's an experimental program or if it's something specific that you found, but you've been doing this for a while now. Is that right? Yeah. So I, um, Pavel put out a, uh, BJJ fanatics set um, okay. called kettlebell strong first, which, um, which is basically a, a series of, it's basically how to get people swinging a kettlebell. How do you, how do you have them get, you know, doing get-ups, doing cleans and press push presses, and then doing cleans and jerks. And mm-hmm. he also folds in some of the second wind breathing into the, into the video. He folds in, um, uh, uh, some, uh, movement, move, you know, movement prep and things like that. And when, uh, when, Pavel, Pavel and I first started talking about this sometime during 2020. Uh, and he said, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. And so we ended up having a, a great phone call just of, around what would, what would work best for jujitsu? What wouldn't work best for jujitsu? And he was having those calls with a number of different people in strong first who do jujitsu um, of which there are a number of people mm-hmm. for sure. And so, you know, he was sort of um, debating whether or not to, to do the set, but also what would, what would have the biggest bang for the buck for a jujitsu athlete and what makes jujitsu different uh, in terms of its, its needs, um, and, and what, what you need to train. So that set came out, I think it was January of 2021. Um, so it's been, it's been about a year, uh, and I've been sort of experimenting and playing with it all the way through. Uh, so I started one of the things that I, again, I should not have done this and I'm writing an article right now about this experience, but I jumped right to the advanced program, right? Mm -hmm. Because I've been doing this a long time and, (laughs) Um, I love doing, you know, double cleans and jerks and I'm going to do the long cycle and that's going to be great. And, uh, it was very hard. Like, (laughs) and I realized that again, because I'm also training jujitsu sometimes five or more times a week, I can't, I just can't do all this. I can't do this. I need to find the right, the right volume for me. Everyone's a little bit different. And swings and get-ups have always been uh, obviously a staple in my training. Mm-hmm. And the way that Pavel took the strong endurance um, uh, principles and applied them to this program, I thought were genius. And so I just went, I actually went back to the sort of beginner to intermediate program. Um, I think that's what it's called. And, and it, it is, uh, you start with swings, five swings on the minute, and you go up to 20 minutes. Uh, once you have done that, you then move to every 30 seconds. You do five swings every 30 seconds for as long as you can until you can't pass the talk test. Mm-hmm. So you go, um, you know, if you, if you hit 12 minutes and you find yourself huffing and puffing and not able to form a sentence, then you stop and you say 12 minutes or 11 minutes, depending on how you feel, mm-hmm. uh, is, the, is what I'm going to use this week. And then you okay. have one more session where you do the same number of one arm swings, uh, 11 or 12 minutes, whatever it is. And then you do another session with the same number, but two hand swings as sort of a light day. So it really, you end up getting a heavy day of pushing as hard as you can to a point where you fail the talk test a day where you lock it in, right? So you hit 12 minutes, you then lock it in a couple days later. And then a couple days later, you focus on speed and you move to two hand swings and, uh, and you, and you hit the same number. And then it resets the next week. Then you try to, you try to push it again mm-hmm. and then you lock it in. And, and so, and then he has progressions in there of when to, when to bell up, when to, you know, mm-hmm. if your progress stalls, what should you do? Um, so, and that's just for the swings component. So one arm swings, two arm swings. Uh, and then there's a get up component too. And the way that he structured the get up, the get up component is also just awesome because it's basically higher volume get ups. Um, uh, where you have a heavy and medium light day, same exact thing mm-hmm. on the heavy day, you're picking a kettlebell, you know, a heavy kettlebell for you. And you're doing partial reps to the elbow and to the hand and, okay. uh, doing, uh, one to three of them in a row. So you're doing a partial rep one, two, three, which by the way, is a lot of time under tension. Um, <laughs> like it's a lot, uh, especially if you're pausing at every step, right. Mm-hmm. And you're not trying to rush through it, which you shouldn't be. Uh, and you do that for 30 to 60 minutes. Do so you just keep going? You know, you, you shake okay. it off, you move mm-hmm. around, take a sip of water, get back at it. And so switch sides, keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the medium day, you're doing perfect get-ups, right? So you're picking a medium weight and you're just doing full get-ups. And then on the light day, you're doing rotations, uh, arm rotations, head rotations, you're okay. adding presses, adding presses at various stages. Like a get-up flow a little bit. Yep. 
Exactly. And the light day, I mean, I, so I, when I started this program with the swings and the getups, I started with the 32 kilogram uh, for the swings, which was way lighter than I normally would have started. But again, trying to put the ego aside and just yep. say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it well. Uh, and I used the 32 kilo bell for the heavy getups. Uh, and I only used a 20 for the light day because the and a 28 for the medium. So the, mm-hmm. the 20 kilo bell for me is great for, for kind of, um, um, you know, pressing at various awkward positions mm-hmm. where you end up sort of doing a, a mini bent press and you end up, you know, you're, you're doing a half kneeling press. Uh, you're doing a standing, oh. a standing press. You're coming back down. You're pressing at various spots of, of the gut and then just holding the kettlebell and moving through various ranges, um, rotate, you know, doing rotations, uh, that has helped, that just helped shoulder stability and shoulder mm-hmm. durability big time. Um, and that is so important in jujitsu. Huh? Wow. So it's so interesting that it's like high volume kind of long durations of getups, which I think is such an interesting program. So I, um, I did for my 36th birthday, I did 36 getups with the 36. I was like, oh, I gotta do something fun like that. I've never been so fatigued after that, like in, in my life, you know, from just doing that. And it's not a crazy heavy getup for me, but that's a lot of volume in there, but doing that work, like with the partial getups and that period of time, I would, I could see that so much for something like jujitsu, because if you're on your back and your heart rate's going like crazy, it's like, it's a different type of endurance that you need from there. It's not like sprinting. It's kind of maintaining and keeping that tension while you're trying to, you know, maneuver around and go for a submission. So that's, that's really fascinating. It it is great. I mean, I just, I found that the resilience that you get from the get up days um, really carries over to the mats. I mean, just this Mm -hmm. morning, just this morning at six 30 in the morning, we were doing drills in jujitsu and um, it's from a sit-up guard. So you're, you're, you're on your butt and you have your hand behind you and your whole, your, your other arm is out um, cross collar, grabbing, grabbing the person's collar. Mm-hmm. And I looked and I was like, I'm doing get up right now. It's a get up, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it was exactly a get up. Right. And I've, I, how many hours have I spent doing that yeah. uh, over the course of my life? But certainly mm-hmm. in the last you know, six to 12 weeks. I mean, I've just put so much time into those, into that movement pattern. And that movement pattern shows up everywhere in jujitsu, right? Mm-hmm. Everywhere where you're getting up off the ground, you're doing a, a technical standup, you're, um, you know, you're pushing someone, there's a Heisman escape where you actually push someone off of you and it's effectively a get up and you're actually pushing their body weight off of you. Um, and so the get up, it has applicability just in its own, the movement patterns that are trained. It has the durability and the resilience that you're going to get from this time under tension uh, and movement through through those ranges, uh, and uh, you're going to get the strength endurance as well, right? So as the more you're doing that for 40, 60 minutes, I mean that's a long time to be doing get-ups. <laughs> yes, it is. Anybody who's done get-ups, that's a long time. How long did uh, you go on the advanced program before you realized I can't do this and I need to move down to the? I'm going to go into the kind of intermediate program. I was doing the, I'm trying to remember the specifics of the protocol, but um, there are a certain number of uh, cleans and jerks that you do on the minute. It's similarly structured where it then moves to um, more volume, less time. And that was when I was like, okay, trying to, trying to do cleans and jerks um, this many cleans and jerks, because it basically adds, it goes clean jerk. Then you add a clean, right? The next round, then you, uh, you know, the, you know, once you, once you've perfected clean and jerk, you add a clean, then you add another jerk, then you add another clean, then you add another jerk. And yeah. I mean, you can imagine, right. Doing a long cycle, clean jerk, clean and jerk, three cleans and jerks. I'm um, getting flashbacks. I mean, exactly. on that program. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just, it really quickly, cause it's all based on the strong endurance. I can't remember the yeah. plan number, but it's mm-hmm. based on, on the strong endurance plan. Um, it, it's, it's very hard very hard. And I, I find cleans and jerks to be some of the more, um, uh, taxing just aerobically, um, you know, glycolytic really, um, when you get, when you get up there. Um, uh, and so I just, I just enjoy swings and getups more. So I didn't last very long, honestly, on the advanced program, I wasn't setting out to do it. I wasn't setting out to complete it. I was just experimenting. It was sort of more of a variety. I was like, Oh, let me try right. this. Let me try that. I did the single, single kettlebell program. I did the double one. Um, and I will come back to it. I mean, I think the reason I ended up doing this program to begin with is, is really for mat cardio, right? It's sort of its its own kind of cardio. Like you just, um, I needed a stronger aerobic base. I needed a stronger aerobic system engine, so to speak, 
Um, and especially after doing all that sort of strength training and body bodybuilding, you know, in 2020, I really needed to build it back up and it just, it goes away pretty quickly. Right. right. Um, and so I needed to get to a place where I felt comfortable doing five swings every 30 seconds for 20 minutes, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, that's not, it's, it's not hard, but it's not easy. Like you still have to, it's a gut check every time, right? You're kind of like, okay, I'm going to do 200 swings. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know? And one, it's a good mark to work towards too. It's like, you know, whether even if you're fighting or if you're not like just to, to have that cardio base in your, you know, in your toolbox feels really good. And I think it's such a, it's such an important lesson to, to work with people too on programming of kind of putting that ego aside and going into some lighter bells and some lighter weights of doing some flow work. I remember you know, talking with Tim Allman for a while with hard style snatching and his whole big thing was, you know, he's a monster dude and he's snatching the 24, you know, it's like, you know, that's a, you know, SFG one, that's an entry level based program that he's doing. He's, you know, snatched all the big bells and stuff like that. And he's playing around with the 24 for 30 minutes to 60 minutes or so. And I started going into some lighter weight too on that. And I'm like, it is, there's a way that you can play with those bells more. You can really see what feels good for like you said, the light get ups that flow, like get up flow stuff with a light bell feels so good on your joints, you know, too, just kind of going through. It's like, it's in very enjoyable way to train. And I think if you just always are going in knowing that you have to crush out these heavy weights, or you're going to be gasping for air, it's, it's going to mess with your head a little bit. It's like having those days in there just feels really good. Yeah. And it builds you up. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever finished a, a light kettlebell session and haven't felt great. Just, yeah. you know, my mood, my energy level. Um, I don't need a nap afterwards. Like, I just feel great. You know, yeah. I feel complete. Mm -hmm. And uh, to me, that is, the, you know, a, a training program that can give back um, energy, I think, is is the goal, right? Like, it feels, it just feels incredible to, to complete a session like that. Well said, yeah. So are you going to probably keep on this program for a while then? It seems like it's working pretty well for you. Yeah, so I just finished uh, 12 weeks with a 32 kilogram. Okay. Um, I got up to, to 200 swings in 20 minutes. And frankly, it wasn't hard. Like it would have probably killed me in week two or three. Um, but what I did was I started, uh, I started slow again. I put my ego in check and I started slow. I started with the 32 kilogram five swings on the minute for 20 minutes, which was quite easy because I've done, you know, I've done that a lot. Um, but I wanted to start there. I wanted to kind of condition my body for a week or two before I started pushing it. And then when I started doing the five swings every 30 seconds, I started at 10 minutes and mm -hmm. I, I probably could have gone a little bit further, but I stopped myself because I said, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to take this, I'm going to take the slow road. Mm -hmm. um, I can still pass the talk test. I'm just going to stop. Yeah. And I then added about a minute a week um, for 10 weeks. So it was, you know, some weeks I repeated what I did the last week, depending on how I felt. And then in some weeks I added two minutes, but for the most part, I added about a minute a week and I got to 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that was a couple so I think two weeks ago. Uh, and then once that happened, I moved to the 36. So now I'm doing, I'm doing it all again with the 36. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I'm now, uh, just yesterday did, uh, 11 minutes, you know, five swings every 30 seconds with the, the 36. Again, I could have pushed it, but I'm, I'm taking the slow road. Absolutely. I, I yeah. want to get to 20 minutes and I want to do it relatively easily. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the whole timeless based uh, aspect, aspect of programming. It's like, you know, yeah, you can do more, but you know, for what reason it's like, you know, you said in 10 weeks, you're doubling your volume. Like that's a yeah. lot of, that's adding a lot over a short period of time. When you look at it that way, just by adding a minute, you know, or so yeah. every session or every week of doing that. So it is, it's so, it's so huge going back to some lighter weights and really, you know, getting that hips like hips and grips, like you said, right there of getting that down, it's going to, it's going to benefit you, whether you're in, you know, jujitsu and that's your main priority and your focus, or if you're just trying to keep healthy joints and just build your cardio up. Like it's such yeah, a, it's, it's a great a program. program. Yeah. These kind of programs I think are great for general GPP, right? General, yeah. you just physical preparedness. I mean, just the ability to move away through space, um, with some work capacity, with some density, uh, and, and, and then, you know, to do the same thing with the get-ups, I think it is a great, great program. The, the one thing that I didn't expect to learn, which I have learned is better balance of tension and relaxation. So I think it's one of those things where I've always you know, I've done kettlebell swings, uh, you know, for years, but, um, but I, it's been a while since I've really pushed it and had to, you know, kind of gut check to start a set. 
And the, I think you, you run this, you run the risk of, of death gripping the bell. You run the risk of everything being tight. And what I found through this process is because jujitsu is this way, you actually, you, you have to be tight in the times when you need to be tight and you have to be relaxed in the other times. Mm -hmm. And just this morning I was rolling with my coach uh, in jujitsu and I put my hand on his arm and it felt completely dead to me. And I was like, this arm, and I actually said it, I was like, your arm feels dead. And he's like, well, I'm not using it. <laughs> you know, I mean, kind of piss you off a little bit, <laughs> you know, it was, it, but it was incredible. Right. Cause it's like right. that level of he's tense and where he needs to be, but the arm, he wasn't, you know, he didn't need, he didn't need that arm for what he was trying to do. Yes. And he, you know, so, and, and it was just distracting me. <laughs> it was like, you know, and so, but when I was doing my kettlebell swings throughout this process, when it got harder, when I was on minute 16 or minute 17, I found that just releasing my grip at the top of the swing a little bit, right? Just finding that peace at the top of the swing, um, that moment of just, ah, <laughs> yeah. made, made the whole thing easier, made the whole thing better. Mm -hmm. And it really, that small thing translates so directly to jujitsu where, you know, you want your, your left, you know, lower, the lower part of your left leg to be tense, but you don't want your right fist to be tense. And so you, crazy, you're yeah. constantly thinking about which things are tense and which things are relaxed. Cause you, you know, you need that level of efficiency in order to keep going. It's so interesting. It's, I mean, that's really why it's a skill. That's why you can, always, there's always something new that you can learn, you know, with it. It's always something to build up of getting that control and building that mastery up of it. You know, I, I remember that for a while, cause everybody, you know, a lot of tension drills are built in strong first and it's like of using that irradiation and all that stuff. And it's all great things, but then all of a sudden, if you're just focusing on the tension and you stop focusing on actually what you're doing and lifting, then you've just gone ass backwards from there. So I just love it. Like get the right tension in your body, but focus on the lift, focus on what you're actually trying to do, you know, from yeah, there. You exactly. get those details down and then everything just start. And then it's just practice and it's just building up from there. That's why that's right. I mean, you see that at, cert at certifications all the time where people come yes. in and their whole body through to their eyeballs, you know, are <laughs> tense while they're swinging. And you can just tell that they have no level of relaxation at any part of that movement. And you, it takes, it takes a long time to find it. You actually need to, to train yourself to find, you know, to be tense when you need it and to be relaxed when you need it. And you need to be able to move from tension to relaxation as quickly as possible, you know, yes. and vice versa. Yes. Yeah. That was, it was funny because it's going back to when I learned from the bodyweight cert with Karen and when you were there with Andrea and Karen would say that all the time. It's like, you know, you people go up and they're like cranking out, like yeah. almost like they're like doing smelling salts before doing like a one-arm pushup. It's like, no, just get your, get your form down, create the tension, go into the lift and flow back up. And it is, it's like, you can get yourself so hyped up into this, like, I need this max tension that your eyeballs start exploding out. It's like, yeah, no, that's not yeah. helping you, brother. No, I remember, I remember when Karen, when Karen, yeah. did that, that <laughs> I remember laughing at it because that was me, you know, I, I was so focused on where my fingers were and like, you know, was my elbow in the right position and was I breathing? And, you know, at some point you have to, you have to just has to become second nature and you can't hang out in any of those positions for too long. Yeah. Um, you know, that goes back to that press article around how to yes. perfect your press, right? You can't clean the kettlebell and then pause yeah. in the rack and think in the rack. You have mm -hmm. to clean, get tight, go. Yeah. And it has to be, you know, you really want that cycle time to be as quick as possible. Yeah. it's oh, awesome. Um, well, Mike, this has been awesome. It's been great jamming with you on this. This is great. So I love the stuff that you put on, on built strong. And, uh, I know this article that you're putting out for BJJ, this should be a really interesting one for everybody. To work yeah, with. So, I just appreciate it. so hopefully, hopefully soon, hopefully, you know, there's, there's always a, you know, a series of articles about to be posted. So hopefully it'll come in the next you know month or so. Um, but be on the lookout. I think, uh, I like to do about an article a year, if not, you know, try to shoot for two, uh, mm -hmm. just cause I'm always experimenting with things and they're, they're super fun to write. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, great. Well, if people want to check out more of kind of what you're doing, kind of be on the lookout for the article, what's the best place that we can uh, send them to? Uh, Instagram's probably the easiest. Um, um, Mike Torres HQ, um, like headquarters. And uh, I, you know, I, I post more to stories these days than I do to the feed. I sort of got a little um, 
too sucked into Instagram at some point. And I just said, you know, this is a little too much for me. And uh, I still post yeah. to it and I still enjoy it, but um, I also have a day job. I need to focus on yes. other things, you know, yeah. not just uh, my training, my training going on Instagram. So uh, mm-hmm. I do still post to it. I still enjoy it and I still use it all the time, but um, Instagram's probably the best. And then the strong first website, of course. I mean, if you, if you want to see any of the old articles, they're all in the article section. Actually, if you just Google Mike Torres, T-O-R-R-E-S strong first, you'll see the, uh, the articles show up. Awesome, man. Good. Well, again, dude, it's been great connecting with you again. I know it's been a while. We'll have to have you back on. This has been great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Listeners, thank you so much for connecting and we'll see you on the next one. Peace. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I hope you came away with great stories and insights that you can use to create more strength and success in your life. Remember now, for a time, you can grab a free copy of the One Day Strength Challenge, the playbook that incorporates proven strength aerobics training along with the skill of intuition to help you create, design, and achieve your perfect training plan that fits around your busy schedule. Just go to www.thebreakthroughsecrets.com and grab your free copy today. It's your life. Make it the strongest possible. Catch you guys later.